0: Hello, and welcome to ValorCast, the official podcast of Evangel University. Evangel is a Christian liberal arts university located in Springfield, Missouri, and exists to educate, equip, and empower students who will make a global impact for the gospel in every vocation.
1: As many of our listeners already know, The integration of faith, academics, and life is an essential part of the evangel experience. God does not call us to live closed off from the world. He invites us to embrace His purposes for us across all walks of life.
0: Through ValorCast, we want to share the stories of those in the evangel community who are boldly following that call. Each episode will feature uplifting stories from students, faculty and staff members, and alumni. Illuminating the ways God is moving through the Valor family, both on campus and in the world. I'm your host, John Spence.
1: And I'm Amariah Fitch.
0: And this is ValorCast.
1: Evangel University is represented by thousands of amazing alumni across the globe, serving in just about every vocation imaginable. Every season, ValorCast will highlight an EU alum who has made their mark on the world.
0: This season, we are joined by Nick Matuzzo. Nick, we are so thrilled to have you with us via Zoom. Can you share a little bit about yourself, um, maybe like your graduation year, what you studied at Evangel, um, and a little bit of your story since graduating?
2: Yeah, sure. I'm happy to be here, honored that you guys thought of me. So I started at Evangel in the spring of 2002, and that was because I moved to Missouri from New York. In 2001, and I graduated early in high school in Springfield, so I just decided to go to Evangel early since we moved to Springfield um, for that purpose. So, hindsight, it might not have been the best idea to start, um, you know, a second semester um, with people I didn't know. But uh, I started in spring of um, 2002, and then I would go on to graduate in the December of 2006. Um, yeah, I, I knew that I was called to Evangel, uh, probably my, I was in 10th grade, going into 11th grade maybe, in New York. Uh, my mom actually graduated from Evangel back in the day when it was Evangel College, and she had said, you know, I applied to different universities, and she had said, you know, why don't you try Evangel? And so I didn't know much about it. I looked into it, and then we decided to go visit. So we we visited, and then my whole family ended up moving to Springfield, um, you know, with me basically. So I, I went to Evangel, and I met I met some friends in the spring. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun, but I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. At Evangel, so it was kind of nebulous. I took all the intro courses. And it wasn't until everybody from my school, my high school, kind of joined me in the fall that I was able to really kind of pinpoint what I wanted to do. And that was still a little nebulous. It was um, art and or communications, advertising, marketing. So I decided to pursue that route, but because Evangel didn't have an advertising major or a uh, marketing major or even like a graphic design major at the time, uh, I, I ended up going with communication studies with an emphasis in advertising and PR and then an art concentration. So I did all the art classes um, up and you know, to get a concentration, and that was really my focus because I came into Evangel um, with really good photography skills, and I wanted to pursue film uh, and digital as we were coming into digital. Uh, but we still had the dark room at Evangel. I don't know if they still have that. There's still
0: a dark room. I don't know how often it's used, but it's here. I,
2: I love the dark room. I actually, um, was on staff there at Evangel to, um, I guess be the lab, uh, to be over the lab for a while. So I really liked the photography aspect of it, but I didn't really know about graphic design until a lot later, probably, uh, my junior, my junior year, so I started getting really interested in in graphic design. So I, I attended James River Church uh, at the time, and you know they had a great creative service team, and so I would become friends with them, and you know that's kind of like my passion aligned. And so at Evangel, I just really honed in on the creative services. And by the time I graduated, uh, I knew that I would have a good internship and then just continue and pursue graphic design.
0: So you pursued graphic design past Evangel. uh, Where did your career path take you after graduation?
2: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, honestly, because of my indecision at school, And because the programs weren't as robust as they are now, I didn't quite feel strong enough to just hop right into uh, the job market. But I was able to get an internship at James River on the creative service team. And then from that two-month internship, they hired me part-time for two months, and then they hired me full-time. And I was there for, I think, two years and I loved it. I was doing graphic design. We were doing the I Love America celebrations, which were a big deal in the in the summers. And it gave me a lot of good hands on experience. And then I also helped manage the photography portion uh of the church and the volunteers and that. And then from that, I was like, oh man, I've got to make some more money here. I've I'm thinking about like starting a family. So I uh Got a job downtown Springfield, a small business, and uh, they hired me as an art director. And so I did some uh, coordinating with clients, um, mostly graphic design print, but then also their photography part. And I really enjoyed that. But then that was 2010, 2009, 2010. And uh, 2010, well... I got married. I, I feel like I need to mention my wife because my wife's a evangel alum as well. yeah, I, uh, I met uh, my wife in two thousand and six would be, and she was definitely married by spring. So um she and I actually this is a fun fact, like we lived in that blue house off Pythian for a year um while she was still her senior year at Evangel. Um, So we got married in 2007, and then my brother, my younger brother, he went into the Army um, right after our wedding. And so he got deployed to Kuwait. He came back. He was in El Paso, Texas. I went to go pick him up in El Paso, and I had always just been very patriotic growing up and, and just very respectful of our military members. And so when I went to pick him up, I got to see a little bit of that Army life, and I fell in love with it. So this was 2010, and I brought him back to Springfield. And because of that experience I had, I decided that, and of course, I need to discuss this with my wife and pray about it, which we did for two months. But uh, we decided that we would um, join the Army Reserves because I wanted to do what I love to do for the military. And it just felt right, it felt like good timing. And so from that small business job, I joined the military in 2010 and then went off to boot camp in 2011 and came back that year. And then I I trained in the military also to be a multimedia illustrator. And now it's kind of formed into photography, design, um, a little bit of public affairs and uh, audio-visual and even uh, video. So I, I got a good education. All, I had it already from Vangel and from my internships and from my job. But uh, it wasn't really until the Army that I was, like, really enjoying uh, what I had going on. So I was, you know, part-time citizen. I was in the Army one weekend a month. And I was doing design and photography. And then I was, I had a, a job. Uh, I got hired with AG Financial Solutions to be a creative director over there. And so I was doing design and photography and marketing as well over there for two years. So I, w- I was living two different lives, but they were both in design and photography.
0: So uh, you followed this kind of interesting path of doing art and then joining the military and then getting out and doing art again um and i know a little bit about your background but just for our listeners um if you look at uh, well you won't be able to see it but looking at the zoom call um the, the video nick's wearing like a camp david polo and there is like presidential and executive branch kind of pictures and memorabilia all over the place what's that about
2: yeah, that's a, it's a museum behind me. Um, so after um, I kind of decided that I needed to, I was at a crossroads because I moved to Kansas City in 2015 and I was pursuing my civilian career. Uh, but the Army still had some, uh, I guess, opportunities. And it wasn't until in, I think it was 20 no, it was 2018. I came up here to the Fort Meade area because that's where I do my training uh, for my job in the Army. And while I was there, I was in my advanced course and I was wondering about what are my opportunities in the Army because I'm like one year away from either getting out of the Army and pursuing my civilian career or going full-time active duty because I was kind of sick of living two lives. And I had two kids at the time and you know, loving Kansas City. So I was just at this crossroads and, you know, we, this whole time we're praying, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, yes, we're in God's will, but where are we going next? What am I going to do with my military career? So while I was up here in this area, on the DC area, I found out that the White House actually had, you know, opportunities for me in the military to come and serve. So I, I made a call. And they had me have like two or three interviews over the phone, and then they invited me uh, while I was up here to come and interview with the team. And so I, I interviewed with the team at the White House Communications Agency, and they said, "Hey, can you get here as fast as you can?" And I said, "Well, I'd love to, but I only carry a secret clearance right now, and as far as I know, you you have top secret here and." So they were like, okay, we'll work on your top, top secret. So went back to Kansas City and signed another Army contract uh, for three more years, which would have been my third contract and would have brought me through 12 years. And so I was like, all right, you know, it looks like in about a year from now, I'm going to go full-time military and be serving the White House. So I'm going to move my whole family to D.C. and make this make this work. So it, it took a year and a half to get my top secret clearance and to get my Yankee white and to be able to uh, come to D.C. So I knew for a year and a half while I was working a job in Kansas City that I was going to be moving. But I didn't know when. And it was super stressful uh, because we had a house and we had to sell a house to be able to move. And we still didn't know where we were going to live. So that's a whole different story. but. Um, yeah, so the White House Communications Agency is kind of like a, it's, it's the White House, and the White House downtown is part of 18 acres, and what's consisted of those 18 acres is the actual White House and the EEOB and the NEOB uh, buildings, and then a, a few other areas, and also, you know, you got Camp David, and you've got WADA, which is the Transportation Agency and the Communications Agency. So I was brought in. To the White House communications agency initially, and to do graphic design and photography, to be in a studio and to be able to go out on events and stuff. And so I had an office. Um, but then when I got there, they said, you know, hey, just by the way, like everybody who works here also has a travel discipline. And I was like, all right, cool, you know, what's this about? And they said, okay, so you have two travel. You can go audio-visual or you can go White House TV. And because I didn't really want to just be behind the camera, I wanted to like be involved and, and do more, I chose audio-video. And what that consisted of was traveling with the principal. So POTUS v. POTUS and sometimes um, the first lady or first gentleman. And we would do everything you guys see on tv so the the podiums the stage the lighting um the mix board with the sound and all kinds of other things that you just have no idea so i did that and i traveled with with president trump for a year and then i did that with biden's uh staff for um i think it was nine or ten months but it was two jobs that we were doing constantly and at some point Um, I think it was October of 21 um, or 20. I forget now, but um, the white house photo office downtown got in contact with our office and was like, Hey, you guys are doing some really great stuff for us. Um, You know, can we interview somebody from your office to come down here and manage um, this portion of our photo team? And so my director, who I guess him and I just really got along, but uh, he knew that he would contact me first. So he brought me in and then I interviewed with Trump's um, chief photographer and um, we had a great interview. And then she was like, hey, can you come down and work right away? And I said, yes. So then I started traveling downtown at the White House in the West Wing and the EEOB and working out of those offices, um, working on president Trump's personal photo albums. So I was doing some design and layout in InDesign, And then I was doing, um, color correction and editing on photos. I was doing photo, um, like, Hey, we're not going to use this photo. We're going to use this photo. And then he would, you know, president Trump would sign it, um, or, or write me notes in, in the book and say, no, I, don't like this so within two weeks I got a good feel for his personality and what he liked and what he didn't um, and then I worked with a few of the staff in the in the office because there's there were four or five of us editors and then there was like an historian and a couple admin people and then all the photographers so I got a chance to, kind of manage those books for him and we had to do it quickly because like I said I think I came in in October and we found out you know in November that he probably wasn't going to be back for a second term and they were they were kind of behind in in that uh producing these books so I had to come in and really you know hit it hard to finish all those books because within four years of his time, all the presidents do their own photo albums that you'll never see um, outside of their family. So like he wanted to do, we did one book for 2017, two for 2018, three for 2019 um, and four for 2020. And then we had a 21. So I, th- I don't know what that adds up to be, but I know we did 10 books and we did that in like four month time period to get those ready before the transition. So it was, it was super stressful. I mean, I, I was working 10 hour days and then I worked, um, most Saturdays, uh, from home, which I was able to do from home. And then, uh, yeah, it was just crazy hours. It, it was, I say it was the best and worst time of my life. Because the perks of that job were immense. It was, it was amazing to be able to just walk around freely uh, in the White House and then to be a part of his staff and um, his administration and, and just see the behind the scenes on how things go and how they work. And then just to be a, a attached to such an important job that, you know, like I said, like everything that we did goes to NARA, goes to the National Archives. But these books that were produced, leather bound, um, were one, they're the only ones made. And they're at his home in Mar-a-Lago. And I've seen them there. Um, I've not been to Mar-a-Lago, but I've seen pictures of them uh, there. So it's super, super great to be a part of. But like I said, it was very, very stressful. Um, And I was there for four or five months before I went back to Waka um, as a designer and photographer. And then I started traveling with Biden's team.
0: Wow, that that is amazing. And uh, it sounds like it was both a really fun, really stressful experience, but I can't imagine the kind of like victory, professional and personal, it must mm-hmm. feel like to be able to see pictures of work that you've done, like sitting there in a former president's, Like home,
2: yeah, exactly, and I and and it's it's all the Lord, right? And I I really feel because it I've had jobs. I don't want to knock these jobs that I've had, but I've had jobs before where it's just kind of been like, where is it going to go? Like, what am I going to do? Am I making an impact? And. It's it's always been in the back of my head that, you know, just be faithful, Nick. Just be faithful in these little things, and and God will honor that. And I had no idea, absolutely no idea, that I would ever live in the D.C. area, that I would ever, you know, work with the White House, like, ever. I had no recollection, no idea that that would ever be possible. But I feel like, and somebody actually told me this, and that's why I I keep reverting back to it, is that, you know, Nick, you you were faithful in the little things. And and if it's anything that I can leave and impart um to our listeners, is just that, like, hey, just be faithful. And even if you think that it's it's little or that it doesn't matter, like God sees it and God honors it. And that I owe all of this, my success and in, in in what I've been able to do to the Lord, because you know, without Him, you know. It's just not possible, and I can't see that it would be possible. And the people I've worked with, they all see Christ in me, and that, I think, is the very bedrock of Evangel, because, you know, Evangel is a Christian liberal arts school, and it's not a school that's specific to teachers or doctors. It's a liberal arts school where I can go and even be a fine art artist and then come out and do some amazing things, whatever it be. Um, so, I mean, I've taken that wherever I go, you know, whether it's, you know, in a small business or it's in the halls of the West wing, like it, I'm the same person and people recognize that and they know something is different. And that's the most important thing I even had, um, before I came out here, which is really cool. Um, a company called Indochino makes suits and I think they're based out of Canada, but you can like co- totally customize these suits. So I had scripture verses written in my suits and it was just like this awesome moment to be like in the Rose garden or in the halls of the East wing West wing. And, and just to kind of like open my jacket and be like, you know, see these scripture verses and just be like, God, you are here and you are represented here. So I, I am very honored. I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly. Um, But all that said too, like I did leave Waka early. Um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall um, as far as like my military career was either going to be indefinite after um, 21 or I was going to get out and I was going to have to get a job. So I just started looking at other options uh, a little bit early. I think it was like nine months early, and I ended up getting a job. And so I just I decided I was going to leave early um, to pursue this other opportunity. But um, I did really enjoy my time there. Great people um, that I served with. All these military members. Uh, all these people that were on these administrations and staff. Um, but I'm not in a hurry to go back anytime soon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nick, I love hearing your heart. You just seem so humble. And it was like, John had to pull it out of you that you worked at the white house. Like it wasn't something that you were just so quick to share. And I think that just shows that, um, kind of like you were sharing, you really point back to the Lord and the doors that he has opened in your life. So just thank you for acknowledging him and recognizing God's hand and, um, how he's worked through all of this, um, but going back to your time at Evangel and kind of reflecting, how would you say that Evangel like prepared you to operate at such a high level at the White House?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think it it's really about character. Um, it's really about your ethics and your ethos because I at Evangel, I, I had made so many great friends, and the professors included, and I, I really enjoyed the chapels. They were humbling. Um, I really got to know the Lord a whole lot better at Evangel, and that was something that I don't know if I would have gotten at a secular school. Uh, and and I mean, in terms of like. Yeah, I I think it comes down to work ethic. Look, I at Evangel, we, I come from a family that is not very well off. So for me to attend Evangel, I had to work, uh, most of the time I was there, I'd say, all but one semester I was there, I had three part-time jobs uh, as a full-time student. So, and and a lot of the times, the full-time student thing was your minimum, like 12.5, I think is the minimum to be full-time. So most of the semesters too were 12.5 because I had three jobs. And so... I was really able to develop a work ethic of working really hard and being organized and, um, and, and understanding my goals and my mission, which was to graduate, um, and also to perform well in these jobs so that I could get paid so that I can pay for my books and I can pay for my art supplies and I can pay Mm -hmm. for, you know, my loans. And I did have loans, um, obviously going to evangel, but, um, it, I think it's work ethic. I think I learned that in school, being on my own. It's just that, hey, in order for you to do this and and you know the four year time time frame and 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 have enough money and not come out of Evangel, you know, with seventy plus thousand dollars in debt, you you're gonna have to work at it. And so I carried that um, through all my jobs, and at the White House, it was definitely needed. We we have a term or a phrase within Waka and within you know the White House is is we there's no room for failure right so we can't fail we literally can't fail and a lot of that pressure can get to some people and I've seen it happen uh but my focus on the Lord and everything I do is in his name and if I keep that in mind you know these little pitfalls these little things that get you frustrated or you know you're waiting for this or this gets canceled like I'm, I'm doing this for the Lord and, and, and that, that helped me and Evangela definitely instilled that within me. And I, I really appreciated the chapels Oh my word. Like, even while I was there, I was, you know, while you're there, you're kind of like another chapel, you know, I could use this time to sleep in. Uh, but I think it was like my last year, I really began to appreciate those chapels. Um, But, you know, having all the professors be Christians, uh, having us all kind of have the same worldview uh, was uh, very—I think that prepared me to be out on my own, right? Um, Instead of going from high school with, like, your parents' faith um, to a secular school, I think Evangel was a buffer, that transition that a lot of people need to be able to be on their own.
0: So, Nick— when you think about your field and looking to the future, um especially as a Christian, what sort of uh, where do you where do you see the industry going and and do you feel that it's essential for Christians to begin operating or or not begin but continue operating in the world of marketing and arts and communication?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we're seeing it even now, which has been amazing with like companies like pure Flix, um, companies that are getting into the movie industry the the music industry um we've had christian music you know since the 70s so um it's it's been something that's been evolving as far as like christians in the industry and and out there in the workforce and i mean as far as marketing and advertising go like there's there are opportunities out there uh, whether that be your own ideas, something that nobody's ever thought of with apps um, or with a new technology like that, those things. It seems like somebody's coming out with new new technology or a new uh, app um, to help people. Uh, those are going to be things that we want Christians to be in those industries, right? I I support PureFlix in a way that. Like, I love the collaboration. I love the artists. I love that Christians are, are trying to come together and be relevant in an industry that chastises them. So in terms of marketing and advertising, I, it's, it's hard. It is hard because a lot of times these agencies, especially in the secular world, they, they will run you ragged. And you're going to be working 10, 12-hour days. And they're going to look at you going home after 10 hours and be like, what are you doing? Like, you're you're going to kill your career. And it's like, I've got a family. My first, you know, role is to my family. Like, whether you're a husband or a wife, like, your first role is to your family. That's, you don't want to miss that time. So finding space in the marketplace to, you know, uh, have a Christian worldview and, and understand that. Uh, but not like force it on your employer, but, um, to find a space for you that is in, and maybe it's not encouraging, but something that appreciates you and your skills and who you are is, is important. So if, if you're in a job or an industry that you're not happy with, uh, there are tons of tools, uh, out there. And, and if you're a student at Evangel, um, just know that going into any job, you're going to have those challenges where people are going to challenge your faith. People are going to challenge your skills and just know that, like I said, you're working for the Lord. So whatever it is, um, just know that that's what you're doing. And I hope that, you know, people listening can find a little bit of uh, peace in that, because if, if you can't, then you're just always going to be chasing. You're always going to be trying to climb the ladder, trying to get promoted, trying to get more money. And that's not what happiness is.
1: Nick, that's so good. Thank you for reminding us to kind of pause and evaluate our life and ask ourselves, you know who, who are we serving? What are we working towards? And I think it's so easy for us to get caught up in the mundane, caught up in our work, like you said, striving for the next thing, the next shiny thing. And the reality is like, there's always gonna be something to do, always gonna be something more. But even just reminding us to pause and spend time with our family or, you know, um, really focus on our relationship with the Lord because we are here to to build the kingdom. And ultimately, this life is just a journey to to be be with Jesus, you know. So thank you for taking the time to give us a little window into your world. It's been such a pleasure hearing the journey that God has taken you on. And I think, too, um, I'm just reminded of sometimes you hear people say, college is like the best years of your life. And I'm always like, no, no, like that's so sad. I'm like, if that's the, I don't want to peak as like a young adult, you know? And I think you are just a beautiful picture of like college doesn't have to be the best years of your life. Like, yes, it's such a, a fun time and fulfilling time. And, um, it helps us lay the foundation for our future, but we don't have to stop there. And so the fact that like you have already like made your way to the white house, I can't wait to see what God, has for you in the future I really believe he takes us from glory to glory so we just appreciate you taking the time to share with us
2: well thank you guys thank you for the kind words
1: thank you for listening to this episode of ValorCast be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating
0: ValorCast is hosted by John Spence and Amariah Fitch and is a production of EU's marketing and communications department in partnership with KECC Evangel's student led radio station The podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by Jordan Spence, who also composed and produced the show's intro and credits music.
1: You can follow Evangel University on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit us online at evangel.edu.